0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Hey, one-hit thunders, thunderheads, thunder buns. All right, I'll just go with one-hit thunder listeners. This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest, to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song that they have written. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites such as Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurwitz, up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu, and even some of the artists that have been featured on One Hit Thunder. The show is even produced by One Hit Thunder host Chris Vefalius. What more could you possibly ask for? Krista Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you listen to podcasts and new episodes come out every Monday. I guarantee you'll like it or we'll give you your money back. Awesome.
0: Against all odds, a song completely sung in German floated all the way up to number two on the Billboard charts in 1983, rising above some of the biggest artists of the 80s. Even more surprising, the danceable pop gem 99 Luft Balloons was actually a protest song about a theoretical nuclear war. This week, we're joined by Cheer Up Dusty vocalist Justin Humenik to find out if we should all pick up a few Nina records with the money we've got, or if we should think of them and let it go.
2: Is all you need to make the money guaranteed, and you
0: can live off royalties forever, and it makes wonder. Is it, just wonder? it So Justin, you are joining us today to talk Nina. This is one of those songs that I can't believe it took us this many episodes to dive into Nina, 99 Love Balloons. Why did you choose this song, for, is my first question.
3: I mean, one, it's a good song, no matter oh, yeah. if it's the <laughs> uh, the pop version or the rock version or, you know, whatever else. It's just, it has that hook. And I think that's kind of the key to any song. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be this masterpiece or this, you know, it doesn't have to be crazy solos or whatever, or impressive, it just has to be catchy. And I think mm-hmm. this song just oozes that you know
0: that everything everything about this song is catchy i i would agree i mean the chorus is amazing even though (laughs) the the intro i made a note of how amazing the bass sounds in this song i know i'm a bassist and everything but like the little the little slides and pops on the bass during the riff I'm just like this sounds so good this is such a fun song matt how did it take us so long to get to this one i don't understand
2: I have no clue. I guess people just don't want to talk about Germans. Like That's the only thing I could think of. So, Chris, I have to ask you, when you were researching this, was this the first time you realized that Nina was both The band's name and the name of the vocalist?
0: Yeah, yeah. I guess I always just assumed (laughs) Nina was the lady from the band, but Nina is actually the band. Even though she is also Nina, her nickname was Nina given to her. Her actual name is Gabrielle Kerner, but she got the nickname Nina, which is Spanish for little girl when she was a toddler on a family vacation in Spain. So that's the backstory on Nina, in case anyone was wondering. And we will note, this is important to note, We are talking about 99 Luftballoons. We are not talking about the English version of this song, 99 Red Balloons, which actually never charted surprisingly. It was the German version that charted.
2: Yeah. The other thing I just want to bring up, because this is the funniest thing I've read during this entire research is, obviously we're doing an episode about Nina. If you're listening, I'm sure you can assume that Nina is not still a currently active band. But when the band Nina broke up, The vocalist Nina went off and did solo music for many, many years, but she made one album where the band Nina was her backup band, and she called that album Nina Featuring Nina, which (laughs) is (laughs) so funny to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Love it, love it. Have you ever thought about what this song meant, like the meaning behind this song? Because I really never did, and I was kind of shocked when I dove into the meaning of
3: this. And the thing is, I'm going to just speak about it biased because... Obviously, I have heard, you know, the the Nina, the original ver, the true version, but I mean, I'll I'd be lying if I didn't say that the version that I'm more up to date with is uh the goldfinger version oh uh, we, we knew it thing. was coming I know. Me, me, <laughs> so, me, me,
0: matt matt called that and said how long is it going to take until he breaks up the goldfinger version i, I love it
3: it was we're, under we're four minutes like three minutes and 50 seconds so it's a good cover it is it's a, good a really cover. good cover it is a good I mean, cover. It, it's i mean it's to me it's one of those covers that i mean the same respect as you know the original okay. you least. think it
0: you think it almost supersedes the original
3: no, I can't say that. That's not. Oh, it's I'm okay if you I'm going to for that. It's I if you think it. Look, I've well, seen Goldfinger
0: play it live before. They do play it awesome like they do do a rockin' version of it it is undoubtedly more rockin' than the original but you know and i appreciate that they
2: juggle between english and german verses which is cool like they they didn't have to throw a german verse in the middle of that song but they did which is at least a little respectful i guess for
0: sure for sure
2: well
3: i was gonna say my perception of it i think just goes like is i i thought it was like a date song we're on a date it's a (laughs) Oh I, man, I, are I you laugh. ever wrong? <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm not laughing
0: at you, Justin. I'm laughing with you because <laughs> there there has never been someone who's more off of what the song. Like. <laughs> this song's literally about nuclear war. Justin just made I, a face.
3: <laughs> I guess my mind is very innocent.
0: I don't know where I first heard that, but
2: I've I've known that for a while. For no, a long I time, heard. I knew that this was a nuclear war song, and I think it was because. You know, I'd, I'd heard the Goldfinger version and I'm like, what the hell is this song about? And i like really sat down and read the lyrics and it may have even been like a VH1 like hits of the 80s countdown list where they broke it, got got down to nitty gritty of it. But yeah, it's a it's a story. It's based on um, I said I think I read it was based on something that the band at least said actually happened in the 70s Yeah, where a group of kids released a bunch of balloons into the air And for a little bit of time, people thought that it was a spaceship, but then they took it one step further of like, well, what if people really believed that it was a spaceship and all of these armies tried to destroy that spaceship and ended up just destroying each other in a nuclear Holocaust over something as innocent as balloons. Right. Because we're all so on edge.
0: Well, the thing, the thing about it is, and this song's from the eighties and there's actually a podcast I started listening to, but I kind of zone in and out when I listen to it. Now it's, it only started like from the time we're releasing this, this podcast only started in the past like month or so, but it's hosted by Ed Helms, who, you know, Ed, who Ed Helms says yeah. he's Andy from The Office uh, yeah. or, you know, from The Hangover or whatever. Ed Helms, funny guy, but he hosts this podcast where it's all about how in the 80s during like the Cold War, there were these things happening that no one knew about where it was like the risk of nuclear war was so high, yet everyone just like kind of didn't know how close we were to it and how it was all misunderstandings like from side to side. It's an interesting podcast. I forget what it's called. If you search for an Ed Helms podcast, it'll come up. But this song in that same vein is kind of the story of like a drop of water dropping into an ocean that turns somewhere into a tsunami because the story – now. I will note, this story gets messed up in translation. Like, when you listen to the English version of this song, it's not quite as succinct of a story. But this is basically the story of this song. 99 balloons are released into the air, and they are mistaken for UFOs. This causes a general to send pilots to investigate it. The pilots find nothing but balloons, but... The pilots put on a large show of firepower and because they do that, all that big display of force worries all the nations along the border. So then all the war ministers from those countries that saw this display of power from these pilots they all encourage the conflict so they can grab power and then a cataclysmic war results from an otherwise harmless flight of these balloons it's just like this building and building and building thing so justin I, I I wasn't making fun of you when you laughed, and you thought <laughs> you, no. you thought this well, was a dating song. But oh, that, no, no. I, that's the story. I'm on
3: Wikipedia <laughs> making sure everything you're saying is right, or else yeah. I'm coming back with okay. a nice singer. But uh, you're kind of hitting the nail on the head here, according yeah. to Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. well, there's
2: uh, and the you're right with the the difference in the English and German language one because I know that the English version doesn't have this line. Um, I'm sure they changed it to something else, which is that one of the lyrics is 99 years of war left no room for victors, which Mm. basically meaning like everybody lost in this. Um, I do think it's interesting though, that where it came from the inspiration of this was that the guitarist of the band, uh, Carlo was at a Rolling Stones concert in West Berlin. And while he was there, he noticed that balloons were being released into the air from the stage. And as he watched them move towards the horizon, he wondered what would happen if they were to float over the Berlin wall into the Soviet sector of Germany and like what could happen? Like what, like what this was like his worst case scenario of what could happen. It is interesting though, that the band has almost kind of renounced the English version (laughs) of it. Um, They weren't really happy with, with how it turned out. 99 Luft balloons actually translates to 99 air balloons, Mm -hmm. but they changed it to red balloons in the English one because it just felt like it fit the the rhythm better in, in English than it flowed in German. So there's a, there's your fun fact, listeners. Luft is not German for red.
3: Luft <laughs> <laughs> balloons is one word. It's yeah. not yeah. Love balloons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah right. Learn, and, I'm learning. I'm learning, man. And it's only one O. Oh, it's
0: like Balloons, which I'm sure none of us are pronouncing this correctly in German. Yeah, you're or whatever, right. It's only one, no. It's only one. Yeah, I was surprised by that. I don't. I don't really know why. Did you guys watch the music video for this? Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I guess it's the English one. Well, they did make two. They made two. They
2: two. They made two videos, yeah. Chris. Not only did I watch the music video, I have s- my favorite fun fact about this music video. What's that? Do you remember back in 2006 when we were dealing with a little thing called Hurricane Katrina? I do. And everybody was doing their part to fix it? Right. So VH1 Classic ran a charity event where viewers who made donations could choose what music videos the station would play. And one person donated $35,000 to... To program an entire hour of just 99 loaf balloons and 99 red balloons back to back yeah. for 90 straight minutes. I love that.
3: Money well spent. Yeah. If I,
0: <laughs> if I was rich beyond whatever and I wanted to do a good thing, that'd be such a fun way <laughs> to donate. Like, I, just, I just want 90, 99 loaf balloons, red balloons, just, just alternate. <laughs> this should happen more often. I would love to program music television for, you know, if I ever become rich that's how i'll spend my money anyway hey what i wanted to say (laughs) about the video and this band is the this is like an era of the 80s where i look i know they're german so you have that aspect of it but even like the style and like the look of the video and everything it feels like it's like from another planet yeah and the people all look like so much fun to hang out with just their style and the way they look and everything i'm just like These people, they have so much fun playing and they look so cool. These would be like my dream friends. Now I know this, (laughs) you might want to pause the (laughs) podcast and watch the video for at least like 20 seconds. And then you might see what I'm talking about. Because if I could have dream 80s friends, it would be this band.
3: It's a very 80s (laughs) music video. Oh Even even with it on mute, you could just, it reminds me of um, Africa by Toto. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of of smoke everywhere, you know, because there's no there's no effects or anything yet.
0: Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. I saw that, you know, obviously Nina is not a one hit wonder in Germany. Uh, Their first hit was a song called This Is Gonna Be a Challenge. I would love to hear Matt pronounce this. (laughs) Oh, there's a reason
2: why I'm letting you talk, buddy. (laughs) The
0: the name of the song is Nur Gertempt, which... Translate, they, they did do an English version of this one, too, called Just a Dream. But there's a video, which you can also YouTube this, of them performing the song on TV. Now, it's one of those, like, top-of-the-pop style performances where they're obviously just lip-syncing. Because she doesn't even have a microphone. She's just, she's just, singing, <laughs> she's just singing into the void. <laughs> but here's what I'll say. She's wearing what I guess was her very distinctive, like, little red mini skirt, And she is... Performing so hard and dancing so hard while you know lip syncing this song or whatever, I give her credit even if she's just lip syncing it because of the pure aerobic performance of this performance. It is it's incredible. You got to check that one out too, and a pretty a pretty cool song as well. I I dig it.
3: Nah, the entertainment value is there. That's it. That's all you need
0: absolutely man this was like one of those
2: bands where i never dug deeper into their catalog until we got to this episode and i had like a nice little playlist of them going today on spotify and i was like i don't hate that like if you like 99 luft balloons guess what there's a whole lot of other songs by them that sound like 99 <laughs> luft balloons like there's 99 more songs
3: so, you're gonna like yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like it's
2: I, like hey this is this is their sound and i dig their sound they did have a very short career yeah. as well, unfortunately. On one hand, you could look at it as they had this huge hit. They had a big debut single in Germany, kind of became like this overnight sensation from this TV performance. Then their second single is this 99 Luftballon" song, which does exceedingly well in 1983 when it's released. It starts to hit the charts in the US, peaks at number two in 1984. Yeah. So it peaked... On March 3rd, 1984, just behind Jump by Van Halen. That was the song that kept it from being a number one song. Tough break. Tough break. Stacked top 10. Oh, I want to hear this top 10. So we've got... I'm not going to go through all 10, but here's some of the notable ones that were on there. At number 10, Huey Lewis in the News, I Want a New Drug. At number eight, we had The Police with Wrapped Around Your Finger. At number seven, we had an episode that we've already done, Rockwell with Somebody's Watching Me. Oh. At number six, we had Culture Club with Karma Chameleon. Wow. At number four, we had Michael Jackson with Thriller, and whoa. at number three, we had Cyndi Lauper with Girls Just Want to Have whoa,
0: Fun. Whoa, whoa! <laughs> this is this is peak eighties chart. This is yeah, rivaling. Well, yeah. This is rivaling that nineteen eighty seven chart that you read that a couple weeks ago, Matt. <laughs> this was is
3: banger after banger.
0: Dude, I don't even know. Oh my God, thriller and girls just want to have fun. We're both below this, below, below this, below this <laughs> song sung all in German. <laughs> 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 That's pretty incredible. Hey, I, one thing I wanted to say about this, and Justin, you might uh, agree with me to a certain point the vocal delivery in a song, okay. There's a lot of people out there that are lyric people. I get that. To a certain extent, I'm a lyric person too. But I'm also a melody and sort of like the phonetic sound of the syllables guy, maybe even more than the lyrics, just the way it sounds, the way it hits your ears. And there might be something special about, I mean, German pronunciation in the form of singing you know you have some weird things that happen some throat sounds and things in the german language that don't happen in english i don't know if that's why this would be appealing but it definitely adds to the i don't know sort of i don't know if this is the right word but exoticness of this you know Uh,
3: is that the right word
0: yeah i I don't know i don't know if german (laughs) Germany's necessary Eh, why not it's exotic to me you know i'm just a Uh, dumb american yeah.
3: Right? I would agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm more like they could be saying nonsense, but mm-hmm. if it if it has that earworm, if it catches, I mean, you got the hook. I mean, it's there. So right. I would agree with you where the sound of it's more important to me than the actual words. Yeah. Which I guess sounds kind of odd coming from me. But yeah, that's that's the God honest truth.
0: Apparently, people in the 80s agreed with that, for this to be that high. And then Van Halen Jump is what they couldn't get past. I would have thought, now, of course, things are going up and down at all times. I'm sure Thriller was number one. I'm sure Girls Just Want to Have Fun was number one at some point. But to be in the mix with all those songs, no wonder this song has stood the test of time. I mean, that was an impressive top 10. they are also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
2: Chris, I can't think of many people in this world that love banned merch more than you do. Is there A piece of band merch that you regret
0: not getting. You know, the first ever real concert I went to, like at an actual venue, was to see Bad Religion. Mm -hmm. And I didn't get a Bad Religion tour t-shirt on that tour. I can't believe I didn't do that. I would, if I had that right now, I would still wear it. I would wear it like, you know, 25 plus years later. Yeah, I I regret it to this day.
2: Don't you sometimes wish that there was like a, a website that had a ton of great band merch that you could go and maybe try to find that shirt?
0: You know, I was just thinking to myself, I wish there was a website that had over 500,000 pieces of merchandise from bands and artists.
2: Well, Chris, haven't you been talking about
0: our sponsor this month, like That's all right. month long? That's <laughs> right! Rockabilia.com has over 500,000 items. I mean, we're talking T-shirts, hoodies, ashtrays, belt buckles, coffee mugs, toys. I mean, everything you can imagine on Rockabilia.com, And I could get a cool Bad Religion shirt there. I want the classic Bad Religion shirt. You know what the classic one is? No. What's the classic one? It's the black T-shirt with, like, the logo with the cross with the, the like— Oh, the, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's a classic Bad Religion T-shirt. Those I love those kind of T-shirts, the ones that are like classics. You mentioned it before, the Nirvana smiley face logo, the Rage Against the Machine shirt. I mean, there's there's so many of them. That Bad Religion shirt is very iconic, and you know, I love it because not only are you supporting the artists that you love on Rockabilia, yes, everything is officially licensed on Rockabilia.com, but also you're getting something that you could wear that's comfortable. I love that.
2: I love that, too. Well, go 15% off. Use the word thunder and get something nice for yourself or one of your loved ones, (laughs) be it for a birthday
0: or a holiday or anything else. Dude, that was was such a funny sentence structure that you just used there. So go. I was piecing it together in the moment. (laughs) So go. 15% off. Rockamelia.com. Thunder like yes (laughs) what matt was trying to say in a very roundabout way is go to rockabilia.com, use the discount code thunder to get 15 percent off your order get yourself some awesome t-shirts and hoodies get a gift for a friend get a gift for yourself and support the music that you love
2: i do want to mention we were talking about how they were kind of against not against but they didn't love the english version i found a couple quotes from them that i think are worth pointing out the the members of the band expressed disapproval of the english version of the song Um, The band's keyboardist and songwriter said, we made a mistake. I think the song loses something in translation and even can sound silly lyrically. In another interview, the band, including Nina herself, was quoted in being not completely satisfied with the English version since it was a little too blatant and they didn't want to be seen as a protest band. Which I get. As long as there has been labels, (laughs) there has been bands not wanting to have those labels.
3: (laughs) And then you're kind of like caught in a box at that point yeah billy joe hates that green day gets called a pop punk band so you do i <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. you, oh i i hate i hate the, I, that that's been a constant theme on this show is i hate the the term pop punk i think it sounds like it sounds like you're sucking on a lollipop and skipping jump rope down the road <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like, it sounds, no, like I, it sounds like music for little babies like i Don't like that term, but but, we should make a shirt that says pop
2: punk, (laughs) baby's first anarchy.
0: (laughs) 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 Anyway, but what I was going to say though, is like, I thought that was cool about them that they were like a pro. I thought that was like punk rock of them. Like I, I, I actually liked that. I'm like, oh, this is badass. This isn't this isn't a song about going on a date like Justin thinks. This is this is a song about <laughs> this is a song about like this is social commentary. This is about like war and how we're always on the knife's edge of. I mean, we really are even to this day. Yeah. Like the the couple decisions by a couple people in power. Like it's amazing that <laughs> that humans haven't yeah. completely obliterated the Earth yet. But I think I get it because I think that if If your first
2: song is seen as a protest song, like everyone's just going to assume that your entire band's ethos is that you are like the 80s version of Rage Against the Machine, right? They're just like, oh, their first hit was a protest song. That must be what everything that this band represents is. Versus like you could put out a really good dance pop song and then surprise people by having a really like meaningful song about what's going on in the world and i feel like that sometimes has more power like you know obviously i'm going to talk about weird al for a second because i have a weird al podcast right but like but weird al for as funny as weird al songs are there are so many songs where he's bringing up, like, social awareness of shit that's going on, but it's, like, under the guise of comedy. Like, he's still expressing his own anxieties about, like, hey, we're in a bad situation. But no one would be like, oh, Weird Al, the master of protest music. You know what I mean? Like, he got yeah, to he, escape that label.
3: He's a comedian from the from the get-go.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that... that- threat of nuclear war not that we don't still live under that threat <laughs> you know always but i think in the 80s it was especially heightened it was basically like we were living in the r- real life version even though we didn't know we were living in the real life version of that movie war games yep. you know that that was actually not that that movie was a true story but it was uh based on some some aspects of reality so what i wanted to
2: talk about though is the breakup of this band real quick mm-hmm because they had all this success they're they're killing it and even in Germany they actually ended up having a couple higher charting songs off the next album in Germany but none of those songs became international hits and then they see their popularity starting to dip then they just kind of disappear they never announced that they're having a breakup but it turns out that like on one hand you could be like oh their popularity was waning and they decided to hang it up but actually there was a lot of personal conflict yeah, happening there sure within was. the band. <laughs> So the bassist was married to Nina's sister Mm -hmm. and they filed for divorce. And then Nina was dating the drummer and they broke up at the exact same time. So it was kind of just like the relationships of the members of the band caused more of a a breakup. But it's worth noting that throughout Nina's career as a solo artist... She constantly collaborated with almost every single member of this band in one way or another. The drummer that she used to date was the drummer on her 1993 tour and like they reunited for a show after the guitarist died unexpectedly and they like did their first reunion show and album. That's where the Nina featuring Nina album came out of was like in honor of of that person. So it seems like even though they broke up for personal conflicts, whatever piece of friendship brought them together as a
0: band wasn't like so fully severed. I think it is a good idea to not date your bandmates. I think that's always a bad idea. You know, <laughs> I mean look never... at Fleetwood Mac, <laughs> no doubt. Sonny and Cher. Sonny and Cher. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I, I kinda think that I wonder, that's a good question. Sonny and Cher, were they a couple first or were they a a duo first? I think they were a couple first. Okay.
3: Johnny Cash and his wife used to um perform yeah. all the time together yeah. too. Yep. I yeah. can't think of her name. June but...
0: Carter. Justin, where do you where do you live?
3: Yeah, well I lived in Philly until um just last year and now I'm I'm right over the bridge um in South Jersey. Um but it's for work or else gotcha. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be back in the city. I was going to say, Justin, I
2: think, actually has more of a true Philly accent. I have what they call a Delco accent, which, Delco. <laughs> which, Delco. which is a much longer, stri- a lot of straining on the O's in my pronunciation <laughs> of
0: stuff. And I I apparently, <laughs> even though I don't hear it, I apparently have a very thick Pittsburgh accent, which people always comment on. So I can imagine people listening to this between a, a Philly accent, a Pittsburgh accent, and a Delco accent. And being a like, Delco accent. What the hell am I listening to? What I, uh, what is wrong with these guys?
3: Are, are you anywhere near Beaver Falls? Does uh Beaver a Bell.
0: Yeah, Beaver Falls is, you know, it's about an hour north of me. I got a friend that lives there. Yeah.
3: Cuz we went I I played a show there recently and I let the word John slip out and <laughs> yeah. uh, I didn't hear the end of it for like hour like the rest of the night
0: yeah j-a-w-n right
3: (laughs) yeah hell yeah hell yeah
0: (laughs) that could be used as as in place of anything correct anything and everything that john over there could mean that restaurant or that guy or that bike right
2: well
3: do you watch rick and morty where the one guy squanch he's like squanch squanch yeah right that's what he's talking about (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's john
2: look the best the best story with the word john in the history of philly as far as i'm concerned is that there was a point and I don't remember the full details on this, but there was a guy in a house holding someone at gunpoint and the police were trying to break up the situation. And this dude was firing out the door at the police kind of in a fight for his life. And as this is happening, trending on Twitter in Philadelphia was John Wick, J A W
0: N Wick, to describe Beautiful. the situation that was happening. Guys, we better decide if Nina brought the one hit thunder or was a one hit blunder. Now, Justin, I don't know if you know the, the stipulations for this, but basically, <laughs> there are no real rules. We try. Here, here's what I here's what I say. I try to take into consideration the rest of the artist catalog that i listen to and their sure. career and you know anything else that you want to bring in to the conversation we're Did they bring the one-hit thunder, or was it a one-hit blunder? Now you could argue like they had this one hit, they faded away, they broke up. This is kind of all all they really had. Or you could say they're they're pretty cool. I don't know. We'll let you start. Thunder or blunder? Are you gonna? And you could also take into consideration: Are you gonna keep listening to the catalog of Nina? Are you gonna? Are you good (laughs) on it?
3: Um, I don't know. I mean, so you have to. You're asking me. I'm obviously. You know, in, in America, and you did say that they had done better, um, you know, in their, you know, in their homeland of Germany. Right. So to me, as a kid growing up in Philadelphia, who knows that one song, mm-hmm. I, I unfortunately have to call them a one hit wonder, but respectably. Okay, well, I don't want to be a, like a dick about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can be. A, hey, I've been a dick about it many times on this show. Believe me. <laughs> no, yeah, I believe-
3: no, because I don't want some of them, Nina, to like be hearing this. And- oh, that. That mad? happens. That
0: <laughs> happens sometimes, Justin. It has yeah. happened to us.
3: Probably. Has that happened? Oh, oh, it has happened. No, many times. Really?
0: Many times.
3: In, where- in
2: some situations, it leads to us getting a cool new guest, and, and, and s- in other situations, yeah. it leads to weeks of messaging on Instagram trying to make them not hate us.
3: <laughs> oh, see, I, <laughs> I'm not one for confrontation, so I don't want anyone from Nina <laughs> well, to be mad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I don't think they'll. I don't think Nina will be mad. Matt, okay, how it's, are you feeling about Nina? I
2: mean, I. <sighs> I want Nina to like me, so I'm gonna know. No, I, uh, I liked. I actually liked the back catalog stuff that I heard. I, I think that this is a really good song, and the fact that they wrote a song so good that even though it wasn't in English, it was standing above Michael Jackson and Cyndi Lauper in the middle of the '80s, when that is like the decade of Cyndi Lauper and and Michael Jackson. I think that's dope as hell, actually. I'm going to give them a thunder. I don't know if I'm going to run out and buy all four Nina albums and add them to my, my record collection or anything, but if I was looking for some 80s music to put on, I could do worse than the Nina back catalog.
0: Respect. Yeah. I think your best point was the fact that this song, sung in German, was so good that it was higher on the charts, even if it was just for a week, than Michael Jackson. And Cyndi Lauper in the middle of the freaking 80s. That is pretty impressive. I did, like I said, I watched videos, live videos of these guys and and music videos. And I just look at them and like, they're having so much fun. I want to be friends with these people. I want to look like these people. I want to, If I could have a time machine and go hang out with Nina, I would. And I didn't mind the rest of the, the catalog as well. Like I did like that song, the one that in English, the English version was... Um, just a dream, yeah. The the nergertompt, the one where there's a really good live video of it. I'm sure there's some sort of like throat sound in the pronunciation of nergertompt or something like that. I like that song. <laughs> that a
3: that a in the name has um, and I'm not a, I'm not an English. I'm, i don't know you're, like, not? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, you're not i was about the, the same i'm not an english major and i'm like wait i'm trying to read something in german that, right i don't know if that made sense or not i just worked 10 hours today i'm so oh, sorry it's okay yeah, there's an
0: accent oh, mark there's, i'm, I'm there's giving you the... a hard time justin that's because <laughs> yeah. i like you <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah there's some accent marks going on over some of the yeah, letters there, in the book. There, yeah. yeah there's
3: you know and yeah but i mean the thing is, it, it paved the way, I think, because you know that one. And I'm sorry, I don't. Um, I like it like that Cardi B song. Mm-hmm. where like five percent of it's in English; the rest of it is in Spanish. Right. But yeah. that would that charted. That was a major hit song. What was that? Two summers ago. So.
2: Well, and this was the same time. We have to keep in mind of Falco with Falco Rock Me Amadeus, which yeah. is mostly. Is that also German or it was that be, um might
0: be Austrian?
2: It's Austrian. It's mostly Austrian with only a few English words, and that got to number one. Like. I don't know what was going on in the 80s, but we were like, sure, send it on over. (laughs) Vibing with it.
0: Instrumentals, (laughs) too. Sometimes some instrumentals. Axel F. uh, Oh, and rest in peace to uh, former subject of an episode. Oh, the Greek guy? You know. Oh, yeah, the Chariots of Fire theme. Vangelis.
2: Vangelis. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just... um,
2: I I actually do think we'll never see that again. I don't think we'll ever see a situation where an instrumental song
0: tops the charts. Yeah.
2: Instrumentals.
3: Ever again. I would like say never, say never.
0: Yeah, you think an instrumental's I on the <laughs> way. I mean, I mean could it be
2: could it be a song from Cheer up, Dusty. Which is my way of also saying, "Hey, tell us a little bit about Cheer Up, Dusty." Well,
3: may- well maybe because I am just the singer, so obviously then you you cut me out of the <laughs> equation. Get him out you- of here. And you-, and you have you have uh you know my three friends who are all amazing musicians. Yeah, maybe they can pull it off. You nice. Know? <laughs> you know, I- I'm just you know as long as I'm there, it's fine. So,
0: well, first of all, before before we ask you a little bit more about Cheer Up, Dusty, let me say Thunder. So you lose, yeah. Justin. It's two. It's two thunders to one blunder. Sorry, right. sorry. That's yeah. So Nina's it. not angry at
2: us, but she might not be a fan of Cheer Up Dusty. <laughs> which again, tell us a little bit about Cheer Up Dusty. What's
3: going on with Cheer Up Dusty? Well, it sucks. Now it's just like, oh, I was, Nina's gonna call me. Like I was gonna ask you to open for us, but you know, I guess you know, forget about that. Well, Cheer Up Dusty. It's a it's a band I started a couple years ago. Um, like right kind of before the pandemic hit, and I recorded our first EP. Um with my roommate in um in my bedroom at the time and then um what I thought would be a couple shows a little fun here and there now we're we have just finished our 30p and we just did our our third run i just got back from tour like two nights ago and um yeah we're just out here trying to do trying to do the thing
2: nice Love it. This dude came back from tour, worked a 10-hour day and you're giving him shit for on a podcast. It's great. <laughs> he
0: loves yeah. it. He loves
3: it. <laughs> no, I just I mean you're you're from Pittsburgh and you know, I know you guys aren't like the the nicest people out yeah. there not like, not, <laughs> not like us in philadelphia oh the, yeah you, the guys, friendly, the you friendly. guys
0: have a real good repre- have, have a real good rep for being such nice people i've i've seen those eagles games they're super oh, no. super sweet no,
3: our kindness <laughs> is like you're, you're you you have a flat tire yeah. i'm gonna change your flat tire for you but i'm gonna call you like dumb and stupid while i do it <laughs> but i'm gonna do it because i love you and i'm here for you but you're gonna get the crap, the shade at the same time. That's the representation of what Philadelphia is like.
0: One of my favorite Philly memories of the past few years is so our guitarist Trevor lives in Fishtown, and we were staying, oh, nice. we were we were staying at his house uh, for the night, you know, in the middle of a tour, and we're all dragging our bags, you know, our suitcases and stuff to his house. We had to park pretty far away. I remember it being cold out. We're like all like miserable 2am dragging all our suitcases and blankets and stuff and some guy pulls up in a truck and goes you know where I, he said i think he said you know where i could find any whores around here and we, we were like <laughs> we are like what he went suck my dick and drove, <laughs> and drove off and we're like what what just happened that's that was a that was a classic Philly I, moment.
3: I have a story. I, I said that to this guy holding like his guitar case a couple of years ago. Right, yeah, yeah. And I'm I sure. Just, I just drove up now. Nah.
0: Right, right, yeah.
3: But that's cool. He lives in Fishtown. Fishtown's nice, man.
0: Yeah. I've had some good time. I've had some good times in Fishtown. But I've also had a good time on this podcast with you today, Justin. Thanks for coming on and thanks for talking Nina with us.
3: Guys, I appreciate you guys making time for me. And um, yeah, man, it was a it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Oh, Drama. Wanna be the wife, the one to to my brothers or let down my mother Getting over drama. Learn to fall in love.
2: This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the band's Punchline, Pack and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of geekscape.net. Underneath me you're hearing Legacy by Cheer Up Dusty featuring this week's guest Justin on vocals. Stream them anywhere music's available. We're on Patreon now. Become a patron and get bonus content, early episodes, and a chance to vote on future episodes at patreon.com backslash O-H-T podcast. Do you want to start a podcast? Contact Chris and myself at weknowpodcasting.com for how we can make your show sound as professional as possible. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcasting apps and tune in next week for more one-hit thunder.
0: On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern
1: Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11.